So we're glad that you're with us here on All Things Apostolic on this July the 3rd, Monday. This is a wonderful, wonderful day. One day before Independence Day in America. And thank God for America. I recognize all the people that are not happy. Uh, and uh, maybe we ought to do a, a, a deal about the American flag and why we all ought to be tickled. And the more you dislike America, the more you ought to be flying the flag. Because the flag is a guarantor of some things that you're trying to receive. But be that as it may, we're glad that you're with us today. And uh, it's good to have as our co-host here, of course, uh, Dr. Casey Sees. We're glad you're with us. Glad to be here today, Dr. Yes, Wilson. And um, I'm thinking of a story that a friend of mine told me. It's been a number of years ago now. He's actually passed on to be with the Lord. So all of you who know me, don't be trying to figure out who it was. Uh, but it was he was a great man, and he was well-known as a, a leader and a teacher of leaders. He was a man builder. He was a mentor to many people. And uh, he told me a, a story one day. He said, he said, Brother Wilson, I was at a, at a conference. And he said, at this conference I was teaching, and he said there was a little break in the action there. And he said uh, the, uh, somebody came up to me, a, a man, a pastor, and he'd been pastoring at his church for a number of years, and he came up, he introduced himself and talked to me and told me he'd been pastoring for, I don't know, several years um, at a particular location. And, uh, and so our good brother said, well, I, I'm, I'm happy to meet you. He said, T talk to me a little bit. And the guy said, well, the real reason I came up to you is because I want you to pray for me. And so my brother said, well, yes, I'll be glad to pray for you. Uh, talk to me about what you want me to pray about. So he said, well, I want you to pray for me uh, about pride. He said, I've, I've, he said, I don't want to get proud. And he said, God has blessed me uh, significantly. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that I won't get proud. So my brother said, well, that's a good caution to have in a person's life. And where do you think pride is entering the picture? He said, well, with my church's growth. He said, uh, well, talk to me again about it. He said, well, he said, I've been there so long. And he said, we actually now are running about 25. And he said, uh, I, I, it's, it's so good and so successful that I feel like I need prayer that I don't get proud about running 25. What do you think about that story? Well, I think looking, the first thing that comes to my mind when we talk about church growth and, and how things are going is some of the teaching that is available through the master's program around uh, the existential and the essential. And in layman's terms, that is a way of saying what, what God's vision for something is versus your current reality or your own vision for something. And while I'm not certainly trying to, to poke fun at anybody that's, that's running 25 or anything of that nature, we have to look and say, what does God want in this situation? And I think we could all agree from looking at God's vision for the earth that 25 is something he wants to see us go past, uh, certainly. And <clears throat> I think we have to be able to look at what God wants to happen in a city 
essential, and where we're currently at, and be able to look at how we get from where we are to what God wants us to become. And so I think that's part of it. And if we look at things, at least in my life, if we look at things from that view, I don't think there will be ever a chance for pride because we're never really probably going to get to the point at which God wants us to get to. I like it. I like it first in the sense that anybody that's doing anything, we ought to be thankful for. Absolutely. I mean, if there's 25 people living for God and um, and, and the pastor's working with them, uh, I don't care if it's one person, it's significant. However, on the other hand, is the, uh, the vision that is projected in the Old Testament with Abraham by God mm. and the vision that is projected in the New Testament by Jesus, God in flesh, uh, remains unapologetically global. Absolutely. And so one of the things that we teach is that if you want something to happen great locally, the way that that happens in the gospel work is that you keep your focus on God's work globally, and then you know that this local work has to grow and become more powerful, that it is significant enough to make an ongoing and growing impact on the global work of God. And so this this is a, there's whole lessons on all of this. But to get this, um, I just wonder if some of you that are listening today, some, some in our audience or somewhere, if in the deepest part of your heart you don't sometimes say, why can I not do better? Why is my church not doing better? What is it? I look over here and this guy, his church is growing and it's blowing and going and and I know that I'm, I mean, this isn't showing off, but you're just thinking to yourself, I know I'm as smart as he is. I know that I'm as good a businessman as he is. I know that I can teach and preach as good as he can, maybe better. I know that my wife and family and so forth is with me just like his is, hopefully. And so you go down this this uh, comparative chart, and when you get at the bottom, you still don't have the answer. So, I mean, I've been through all this. So when we came to Sacramento, there was like nine people that said, we'd like for you to be our pastor, and they had, they had questions. Like, what are you doing here with us nine people in this little ragged situation? But... <clears throat> Part of what we did here was this was a laboratory. There are things, I'm just going to be vulnerable. There are things that we felt like God had given us revelation about. Some of them were tactical things. Some of them were uh, theological things. Some of them were theoretical things and ways of viewing things that God had given to us. Some of them we had experimented with where we'd previously pastored in Flint, Michigan for seven years, six and a half, seven, I don't remember now exactly, but uh, and seen incredible success by standards of that time. 
we went, we ran 94, and when we left the last Sunday, I think the average was 703, seven years later. So, uh, and it was still growing rapidly. Um, so some things there, uh, this has nothing to do with, you know, we got to get past this. This has nothing to do with human ingenuity or IQ or intelligence or whatever you want to call it. This has to do with revelation. Absolutely. You, you, get, you get revelation about how to do things. And that revelation knocks all these dominoes off out here and brings radical positive results that people say, how in God's world did he pull that off? It's not a trick. It's learned through the Holy Ghost. And so when we came here, we put on a lab coat and said, I got all these thoughts and uh, ideas that I feel like God has given us. Uh, they need to be put on the street. We need to see if this is going to work where the rubber meets the road. And so the rest is, is history. Well, the next step to that is, is that we questioned can these revelations be transferred to other people who are just as sincere, just as intelligent, just as whatever, um, interested in their church growing? Can it be transferred to people? Can revelation be caught like you catch revelation through preaching? Can revelation be caught in classes where you teach this stuff? So we started teaching it. And um, uh, sometimes Dr. C fills in when I'm incapacitated. So he knows how some of this is, and he teaches a bunch of classes also. Uh, so this is just my opinion. Yeah. Revelation can absolutely be transferred. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. I think sometimes in the world in which we live in the busyness of life, we focus on action um, to a detriment to some extent, right? And so we're, we're looking for what can work and how it can work. And, and the whole entire focus is, is on putting something in place. So I, I see the church down the street doing this. I'm going to try and mimic that. Um, I seen this church do something and, and growth came out of that. So I'm going to try and do the same thing. But as you said, it, it starts with revelation. And so it all goes backwards. It doesn't start with action, as you state in Ultimate Leadership. It, it starts much further down the line than that. And it starts with, first and foremost, the individual. And the individual getting a vision for mm. what God can do in their life. Which means, then, that the first step in success is an inward look. Absolutely. Not an outward look, not programs, not systems, not it it's what is unleashed in me, what latent is lying in me that God uses to make me a great leader. That sounds like that's where you're going. Yes, sir. Yep. And and so so how do you do that? Well, some of these revelations, a good number of these revelations have to do with, with that right there revelations about the internal shape and form of a man of God 
who has had a view, or woman of God, who has had a view of their own world-class self, the way God sees them, made in the image of God. They have a view of that. When they see that, there's only one way to get that, and that's to have a vision of God. You never get a vision of yourself unless you get a vision of God. But when you see that, that becomes the catalyst for everything downline that begins to fall into place. And so that's why we call that spiritual formation Absolutely. is because is the personal spiritual formation has taken place. It doesn't mean you're not spiritual. It doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean that you don't know a lot of things. But, it, but there's certain things about these subjects that are core. They are core and they are seminal. They are foundational. You can't find a way around them. You've got to learn them, become them. So, uh, we just we just uh, got uh, we just had conversation with uh, some of these people who have been on our courses that that have learned these things, and uh, these are all pastors. These are all pastors of successful churches. These are all pastors of churches that are now much more successful than they were before they got in a collaborative effort to learn with others uh, uh, to learn. And uh, these are all seasoned men of God here that, that we've got, and we have their permission to use the things that they have uh, said here. But I'm looking at, uh, at, at Rick Mayo, pastor um, in, not Seattle, in... Uh, in Spokane, Washington, um, been pastor there for a number of years, uh, has built an incredible, and it continues to grow, an incredible apostolic church with incredible facilities and a wonderful congregation of people. And, um, uh, and it continues its outreach, and preachers have come out of that church who are also now uh, being like uh, very effective and uh, and powerful in the Holy Ghost. So, uh, so Rick Mayo, uh, we asked him about some of the impact that the school. Now, it's been years since he's been in school here, but these are some of the things that that he wrote. He said the materials included. This is in a particular class that he was discussing. The materials included in this section of personal emergence is without question some of the greatest apostolic literature I have ever read. The materials included, uh, without question, some of the uh, best that I have ever read. I enrolled in this class a little later in life and ministry. So this wasn't a kid. This is a, this is a mature, seasoned man of God when he took these classes. He said, I enrolled a little later in life and ministry, Almost immediately after coming in contact with the materials of this class that I realized how parched I really was. This course has revealed a huge arena of spiritual interaction and has been stimulating and deep and rich. Here's another one. Here's Pastor Robert Mitchell. He is in um, Colorado, in Denver, pastoring there. Started a church from nothing. 
and uh, now has a robust congregation that continues to grow. He says, reflecting back over the amount of material, revelation, insight, and information that has been presented in this course in just two short weeks is staggering. So these are people that, uh, that had a real hunger to grow, a real hunger to become. I think you have some others there. What do they? What, what do we have? <clears throat> yeah, we've got one here from uh, Brother Jesse Galindo, pastor in Durham, North Carolina. He said, there have been so many aha moments of revelation, insight, and enlightenment that have prodded my heart to go deeper, deeper than ever before. The applications of things from this course has been impacting, and its applications have gone to the core of my life and everything that flows out of it. Wow. And his church is bigger than it's ever been. He continues to grow. His ministry's expanded dramatically. He's made a tremendous impact for the sake of the gospel. And um, I, I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a biblical pride that's okay to have. Yeah. But I'm kind of proud of these guys. Absolutely. Man, when we see what they're doing and we see the power of their ministries, it's it's just an incredible thing. Some of them went on to get more education, and which has involved them in other areas of blessing to people. But it's a tremendous thing. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of Jerry Raleigh, uh, who, who said, I, I, he said, I just, the whole thing was just, for me, life-changing. And uh, if you were to talk to him today, he would say, the thing that created the growth of my church, his church is incredible. It's grown to be one of the largest churches in the state of Mississippi, in Laurel, Mississippi. It continues to grow. It has some of the most remarkable miracles that have taken place there of any place in my entire lifetime that I have seen take place. And they continue. These continue. But he would tell you, he would say, it all started when I when I began to learn these things. That He said, I've, he'd been preaching for years, but he said, I, I, I never knew these things. And so there's things we can learn. There's things we can learn. I would say, in my closing remarks, uh, Dr. C's, um, this is not like taking medicine. This is like the door to understanding that releases you into the rarefied air that is so filled with pure oxygen that it's like intoxicating. And so I just want to encourage you today. I mean, it's not that I need it. In terms of whatever I need, I guess I'm set for life. But my passion is you. And for you to enjoy the highest you that you can become. Give us a closing remark, Dr. Absolutely. <clears throat> and so one of the things that, to me, is remarkable about the revelation that's unfolded throughout the vinculum here is that it's never a closed process. It's an ongoing thing. And so the reason I say that is that churches, no matter where you are, and ministries, no matter where you are, there's always shifts. There's always things taking place. And if we understand and we have a revelation of how to navigate based on vision given from God, then there's never a challenge that's too big because 
our understanding of how to get through the issues is rooted in the vision that God's given us as opposed to looking at the current situation and trying to find a way through it by ourselves. And so having the revelation and understanding that God's equipped us in the way in which he's done it for certain things is absolutely amazing. And I would encourage anybody that wants to take their ministry to the next level to Reach out to us, info at Wilson University or info at WilsonU.org. The application deadline for the next master's enrollment is August 7th. And right now we are having a 40% discount for anybody that is in full-time ministry and a 20% off discount uh, grant for anybody that is in part-time ministry. It's amazing. That doesn't happen very often, the, the, the practical side of that, the money side, the discount side. But um, we're glad to be with you today, and, and we hope that something has just kind of punctured into your heart and said, I know I've got what it takes. I just need a little help here, and uh, we want to be a part of that. Thank you for being with us today.